Hello, and welcome to the November 5th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from a rental law firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on upstream and downstream petroleum developments in Angola and Mozambique, energy transition initiatives in Gabon and Saint-Tomé, mining projects in Mozambique and Gabon, political turmoil in Portugal, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Teresa, the floor is yours. We start off this week's episode in Angola, where almost one year since the enactment of the new legal framework on local content in the petroleum industry, the lists of goods and services falling under the exclusivity and preference regimes have finally been approved by the National Agency for Petroleum, Gas and Biofuels. The agency also published an instructions manual detailing the registration and certification procedures applicable to local and foreign oil field goods and service providers. This new framework can have a significant impact on how these companies operate in the country, and Miranda is already assisting a significant number of clients in the reassessment of their business structures. Still in Angola, negotiations for the joint venture between BP and DNI have reached an, an advanced stage. According to Gordon Burrell, Executive Vice President for Production and Operations of the BP Group, the agreement is expected to be settled by the end of this year. The new company would benefit from the competencies and personnel of both ENI and BP and is expected to be self-funded. The company's combined efforts should bring significant opportunities for them to jointly boost future developments and operations, reflecting their commitment to continue developing the country's upstream sector as well as possibly expanding their portfolio both in Angola and regionally. Meanwhile, the candidates for the development and financing of the Lubito refinery project are now known, with Sun Angol accepting five proposals, three of them from consortiums. One of them involves Angola's Omatapalu, while the others are heavily dominated by Chinese companies. A process of assessment, clarification of proposals and due diligence is now expected to take place until 26 November, leading to the announcement of the companies that will join Sonangol in the corporate structure of the Lubito refinery. The construction of the refinery is part of the executive strategy to reduce dependence on the importation of refined petroleum products and involves the creation of a local industrial hub. The anticipated maximum processing capacity of the refinery is 200,000 barrels per day. Speaking at the opening of the first seminar on gold mining in Angola, the Minister of Mineral Resources, Oil and Gas, Diamantino Pedro Azevedo, encouraged gold mining companies to invest in the Angola market, stressing that the country's geology is favorable to the presence of a variety of minerals. The minister said that the start of industrial gold production in Angola in 2019 was very positive and that a new era has begun, supported by the new governance model in the mining sector that prioritizes the development of value chains. Angola currently has 28 licensed gold projects, 20 of them at the prospecting stage and the rest already holding mining titles. 
Finally, Angola is expected to see a boost of investments in the health sector. The Angolan president, João Lourenço, recently announced the construction, as of 2022, of four general hospitals, each with at least 200 beds, in the provinces of Bengu, Kwanza Norte, Kwanza Sul and Luanda. The president also revealed that financial resources from credit lines are being mobilized for the construction of general hospitals in the provinces of Benguela, Wambul, Wandanort, Uij and Melange. After the completion of the works, which could be as early as 2024, the aim is to build smaller primary healthcare network units in the municipalities. In Gabon, the President of the Republic reaffirmed the country's ambition to intensify its efforts to build a green and sustainable economy that creates more jobs for its young people. During the fifth edition of the Future Investment Initiative Forum, Mr. Ali Bongo urged all participants to direct investments towards the green economy sector, a promising sector for the future. The President also made a plea for Gabon to progress in this field, which is essential for the country's energy transition. For the president, the challenge of diversifying our economies is part of a broader challenge, that is, the urgent need to adapt to climate change and mitigate the risks it presents. Down in Mozambique, the National Petroleum Institute has revealed that this month it will launch the sixth oil and gas licensing round, where a total of 16 offshore blocks will be made available, five in the Ruvuma Basin near the Tanzanian border, seven in Diangosh off the coast of Nampula province, two in the Zambezi Delta, and two in the area of the Save River, which forms the boundary between the provinces of Inyamban and Sofala. The country has so far held five concession tenders for hydrocarbon exploration and production areas, some of which resulted in the discovery of massive amounts of natural gas. In the meantime, following rumors that ExxonMobil was studying the possibility of cancelling investments like the one planned for northern Mozambique, citing pressure from investors to limit interest in fossil fuels, the US major oil company has guaranteed the continuity of its natural gas projects in the north of Mozambique. Exxon has already spent 2.8 billion US dollars to acquire a major stake in Ruvuma Basin Area 4, Sub-Saharan Africa's largest natural gas project. But the final investment decision has not yet been taken. According to the government of Mozambique, the overall project costs could be between 27 and 33 billion US dollars, or around 23 to 28 billion euros. Still in Mozambique, the World Bank has pledged to disperse 100 million US dollars for the Cabo Delgado reconstruction plan. The plan requires roughly 300 million US dollars, which would cover activities such as humanitarian aid, rebuilding destroyed infrastructure, and the resumption of financial and economic action. Speaking to reporters, the World Bank's country director said that the World Bank funding, likely to be dispersed by January 2022, will focus mostly on the northern districts of Cabo Delgado, in the areas which have already been freed from terrorists, ensuring access to basic services which will allow the safe return of internally displaced people. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Australia's AVZ Minerals has secured 240 million US dollars in funding from Chinese private company Suju CATH Energy Technologies to develop its Monono Lithium Team project. 
With this amount, the total value of the transaction is expected to be over 400 million US dollars, subject to verification of project development costs. The parties have also agreed to access the feasibility of developing a lithium hydroxide facility. The Monono Lithium Tin Project is estimated to be one of the largest lithium-rich LCT, or lithium-cathium-tetalum, pegmatite deposits in the world. Saint Main Prisp has announced a partnership with the UK-based company Global Otec for the development of the first commercial floating Otec platform. Otec, or Ocean Thermal Energy Conversion Technology, is based on converting incoming solar radiation into electricity. The project in Saint Main Prisp is a public-private partnership between Global Otec and Sidstock, the small island development state's sustainable energy and climate-resilient organization, and is seen as a key way for the region to reduce its dependence on costly fossil fuels and drive energy transition. Finally, it has been a turbulent week in Portugal, with the governing Socialist Party seeing its proposed 2022 state budget rejected by the National Parliament. The minority government was not able to secure the votes of the far-left parties that have supported it in Parliament over the past years, and the President of the Republic has announced that the Parliament will be dissolved with new elections to be scheduled for January 2022. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back with you in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. If you have time, also drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Teresa Garcia André from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Catarina Moraes from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.